0: I'm Jill Fetcher
1: and I'm Maggie Humphrey
0: and you're listening to the agency scoop
1: where we're talking about business from an agency point of view and our point of view with some laughs along the way don't forget to subscribe and tune in every month for the latest scoop
0: all right welcome to this month's episode of the agency scoop hey Maggie hey Jill what's going on you know, lots of stuff. This weekend, I went to the Buffalo Addy Awards, which is like a creative ads awards show that happens every year. And I haven't been in several years. And I have to say it was the highlight of my weekend. Super fun night out. I wore a totally sequined dress, Ooh, so that was exciting.
1: Grammy status.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I was excited to hear several people brought up the podcast to me.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Because people that go to this show are all industry people, people mainly people who work for agencies, and so a lot of people that I had not seen in a bit, and... Um, a lot of people brought it up to me said they liked it. And some, awesome. and some past guests um, that fun. you may recognize, Laura yep. Melinda and um, Trisha Barrett and Charlie Fashana. They were all there and spreading the good word about the agency scoop.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Well, hey, if you like the show, follow us.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so our creative team entered a few things. Unfortunately, we didn't take home any awards, but it was our first year entering in quite a while. And they really are Um, the best of the best creative. So it was really inspiring to see all of the other great creative coming out of our area and all the different types of clients that agencies here work on. So it was really cool to see and hopefully next year we'll win some. So Maggie,
1: did you have a good weekend? What's going on with you? I did have a good weekend. Um, Something interesting that's going on with me is my husband, Zach, is doing a little – I don't don't want to call it a competition, but like a goal he's setting for himself. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called 75 Day Hard. Stay hard. Yes, and it sounds hard. It's really hard. Sounds very difficult. Yeah, essentially what it is, is for 75 days, you have to work out twice a day. One of the workouts has to be outdoors for 45 minutes each. You have to drink a gallon of water a day, which is, I feel like it doesn't sound that hard, but it's really hard. Uh, You have to eat some type of diet. Like you have to follow something. It doesn't matter what it is, but it just has to be something healthy. And you have to read 10 pages out of a, a motivational book every day and cut out drinking. So he is up for the challenge and he started on Monday. And he was thinking about getting into it all weekend and he was trying to drag me into it with him. But I just don't want to set myself up for that. But I told him that I would do 75 days soft with him. So like I'll do the workouts with you. I'll eat a healthy diet. I'll cut back on drinking. I'll drink more water. But I'm not going to like hold myself to anything. Just make it a little bit more realistic for myself. Okay. That's the journey that. that I'm on right now. So what's going on in the news, Maggie? Looking at the trending news, I feel like there's just been a lot of talk about like the state of our economy and how that's impacting companies, more so their marketing budgets. I think there's no doubt that we're shifting towards possibly a recession in the near future. And I think that's making a lot of companies nervous. And of course, the very first thing they do is cut their marketing budgets back. The Standard Media Index actually uh, said that national ad spend dropped 6% year over year, and it most likely will continue to head that direction. I just have to say, like, if you're seeing results, I feel like the worst thing you can do is decrease your spend, cut back your marketing budget. If something's working for you, it's bringing you revenue, bringing you business, why are you cutting that back? There has to be something else you can do that's spending money that's inefficient within your company than marketing. That frustrates me, but of course, I'm going to say that I work in an agency. Um, But I think people need to just stop worrying about what everyone else is doing. It's kind of like the domino effect. Like these big companies start cutting back their marketing budgets, smaller companies follow suit, and just worry about yourself. What are you doing? What's working? Why are you going to knock something that's working for you? Yes. And if you are one of the few that's keeping
0: on with your spending and other people are cutting... I mean, the supply is better and the price will probably go down. So you'll probably get more for your money. 100%. If you're the ones that are keeping the lights on and everybody else is
1: cutting back. 100%.
0: Yeah. I I hate when there's big headlines like this and everyone gets scared. Oh, I should Mm -hmm. cut my budgets. Or we've heard from clients recently that they need to cut certain expenses, but it's like every department is tasked with cutting 15%. And that's just not realistic because your marketing department Maybe should be spending more right. and maybe some of your other departments need to cut spending because it's inefficient or being wasted and that's not creating the bottom line there. So, you know, these things tend to scare people more than I think they should.
1: We've even had clients that going into the new year cut back on their retainer with us and now we're adding back onto it because they're like, oh, wait, this actually, I feel the impact of cutting this back. It's its impacting mm-hmm. our sales. I need to add it back on. Right. Why are you messing with something that's working? Within a few weeks, just turning it right back around. Yep. (laughs) At least they came back, right? Well,
0: that leads to the next thing um, that you had here about a lot of people are talking about bringing marketing services in house instead of using agencies. And I feel like throughout my career, I've seen this happen kind of in a cyclical way where a new CMO takes charge and they'll say, Oh, I'm going to build out my own team and I'm going to do this. And they fire the agencies. And then within, you know, six months, they're realizing, oh, I can't find the talent to do this, or I can't do this or that. So they're slowly hiring them back. And I've seen that on that micro level where it happens within certain companies. And then you see it on this macro level as you're headed towards a recession. People want to bring it in-house, and it's kind of a trend, but I see it. Not being a trend for the future, but just being a trend for now and it'll come back around again.
1: It's a great idea on paper, but the issue is finding the right people. That's mm-hmm. always going to be a problem. And when you're working in-house, I think your best bet is if you're hiring in-house, it's good to look with someone with the, who has an agency background, but those people are scarce. So it's like hiring really talented people – I actually just had this happen. So I recently went on a business trip with my husband, tagged along as a state, and I was talking with um, one of the gentlemen that's in his business group who works for another business in a different state. But anyways, so he was sharing with me how much of a difficult time he's having with his marketing, knowing that I work at an agency. And he basically said, well, we hired this girl to kind of run our whole marketing department, but she's just not really doing a great job. Like she doesn't really seem like she knows what she's doing. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's the struggle you're you're going to, that's the risk you're taking, not going with an agency. And I think it's something that we actually see a lot on the agency side working with clients who have some in, in-house marketing individuals. Sometimes we end up training them more so than than they do us on their business. Like they don't, I don't know, it's it's hard to stay up with the trends, stay on top of things when you're investing more so in-house. They live and breathe your brand, but they're not exposed to all of the different strategies mm-hmm. and things out there that they could be.
0: So in this article that you pulled from Marketing Dive about agency in-house debate and, and the different nuances of it, it really talks about how they want to bring creativity in-house and hire these big in-house creative teams. But the hard part of that is that Creative people especially love to work on variety and um, getting stuck in an in-house position is a lot of times not where they want to be. And so when you're looking for that really out-of-the-box creative and those big like earth-shattering ideas, a lot of times that's where you go to an agency and I think they'll always have their place there, the good ones at least. Yeah. Maybe some of the monotonous stuff will, you know, end up being service more in-house for some of these big companies. The um, Media Dive article talks about Procter & Gamble and, and some of these huge enterprises doing this. And yeah, the people in-house can handle your print production. They can handle some of the um, churning of a lot of different things. But when it comes to those big concepts or those niche projects, that's really where you want the expertise of an agency that's seeing across a lot of different industries and a lot of different best practices.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that there's a lot of value in investing In-house in the sense of having one or two, depending on the size of your company, like in-house marketing people to work with an agency. But I exactly to your point, when it comes to those nuanced things, um, more strategic scenarios, like you're going to want to invest in an agency. And I think with all of the commotion and talk about um, where budgets are going for marketing, it's going to force agencies to really flex their muscles and prove why there's value there and lucky for us i feel like we have so much to offer in the sense of like marketing and performance marketing creative dev that we're in a good position for that and for our marketing anyways we're we're really focused on driving revenue for our clients but not all agencies are like that so i think you know it's a win for the good guys but there's definitely going to be other agencies out there that are going to feel the hit of this
0: Should we take a peek behind the curtain and talk about what's going on at the agency? So to start with WINS, um, last month, Greg, who owns our agency, one of our agency co-founders who leads our marketing team and I, we went to New York to visit some clients that we hadn't ever met in person before. And it was really great to be able to spend some time with them, really get to know them outside of just the day-to-day of working on their projects together. When you're in Zoom calls, there's a little room in the beginning and end for some small talk, but you just don't really get to know people as well as when you go have dinner with them, spend all day with them. Get to know their other coworkers that maybe haven't been on calls with you before, or maybe have never been on camera. Those kinds of things. <laughs> um, but I think it was just such a great opportunity to not only talk about the current work that we have, but talk about future work and you know potentially win more business there. And so I just think that um, being with clients in person and spending that time is it could never be overrated. It's yeah, just I think
1: right. There's appreciation gained on both sides. So yeah, I heard so many good things about that trip, and hopefully we can do more of that in the near future. So another win for us is we've recently had a lot of new opportunities when it comes to content writing for clients. So a few months back, we brought on a content a full-time content writer for our first time, Heather, who's amazing. And she's been killing it, and we've actually because since we've hired her, brought on a lot more work focused on content writing for SEO. Take that, chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs> She's crushing it. So that's super exciting. She also wrote a really awesome blog um, article last month, which you can find on our website. What do chat GPT and other AI mean for content writers? And it's a really great in-depth article. So you should definitely check that out.
0: From the not so great side, not really a loss, but just something that's a little disappointing. We implemented a year ago, a new project management system called ClickUp. And it has not been as easy or as productive as we'd like it to be. We moved over from using Asana to using ClickUp mainly because it had time tracking implemented into it and it seemed a lot more flexible and that we could do a lot of different customizations with it. And it hasn't been as productive or easy to use, but we're still trying to streamline the process, learn more from them. They're making updates on their end to the platform. And so hopefully we can make it work for us better, but something that we got to increase our productivity actually ends up spending more time sometimes, so that's never good.
1: (laughs) And then some things we're testing uh, recently is we have, I feel like, for the past few months really been trying to outline a more structured training process for onboarding or so entry-level employees on the marketing team. And with the help of one of our associates, Kat, um, she actually outlined a really great training process, and we met as a team, and we're going to start kind of laying that out with the next round of new hires. So that might be really promising. I think it's a really cool structure. So we'll report back on how that, that goes, but something new. And we've actually had a lot of great candidates as well. So we're bringing on, I think, like three new people in the next few weeks. And just the hiring pool out in the Rochester location has been great. So that's super exciting as well. So, now on to our
0: main topic. We brought a guest along with us. Hi, Jess. Hi, everybody. Hi,
2: Jess. We're Hi. so happy to have you here. I'm happy <laughs> to be here. Thank you. It's not and my it, first time on the show.
1: <laughs> In
0: case you haven't seen any previous episodes with Jessica Bud, she is a senior digital marketing manager here at Cypress North and one of our best friends and best friend of the, the agency. Pod.
2: You're so nice. I'm I'm done. I'm just going to leave after that
0: set of compliments. Thank you. Well, we wanted to bring Jess on today to talk about our marketing team structure and go through that as kind of our main topic today because she wrote a beautiful blog post just recently on the Cypress North blog about managing the client-agency relationship. And we said this would be a perfect topic to talk about. So here
2: she is, the expert herself. Here I am. You know, so it's funny... (laughs) Um, I need to have my dad listen to this episode because he read my article and he was like, I still don't understand what you do. I've been doing it for almost 10 years, but he's like, beautifully written article. Like, thanks, dad. If you don't understand now, I don't know if you ever will. Oh, dad. Yeah. So maybe he could listen to this and figure it out. That'd be good.
0: Thanks for listening, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) What we kind of wanted to start with was our structure and how it's evolved. And I know we've talked about this on the show in the past um, that just the different things that we've tried with our structure and how it's evolved over time. But maybe, Jess, do you want to start and go through like what it used to look like and what worked and didn't work about it?
2: Sure. Yeah. So when we first started or I first started here, it looked like nothing. It was completely flat. and We were very small and everybody worked on every account on the marketing side of things and we all just helped each other. And that worked while we were that size. But as we began to grow, obviously things had to change. And we came into what we had called the pod structure just for lack of a better word like pods (laughs) are like groups of whales (laughs) or dolphins (laughs) i think it's some sort of sea creature (laughs) um and basically what that looked like was there was a uh, manager or at one point i think there were two managers like co-managing a pod and then we had coordinators and associates on our team that whoever the managers accounts were that team just contributed kind of in the same way we did when we were smaller just across all of those accounts that the managers had in the pods And that was fine, again, for a while because people got to touch a lot of things and see different things and just jump in. But again, as we grew, it kind of stifled growth, I think, in some way. You guys can attest to that, that we had a lot of conversations where even if people were touching multiple accounts or multiple different tasks, they were really only exposed to one or two people's management styles, which is... Yeah, you know, not great yeah. I feel like
1: it's harder for people to like own their work in that way too Very much like you're not seeing something through every time if you're touching so many different accounts it's and it's also easier to understand the client from a business perspective and market their products better if you're in that account from start to the beginning to not the end but through the life of the account right so if you're just constantly switching between different accounts it has to be difficult
2: It is. It's difficult to understand what you're trying to market. And it's difficult, like you said, to really take ownership because you just feel like you're shuffling around, just checking boxes, getting work done. And you don't necessarily, if you're doing task A today and somebody else does B tomorrow and it's towards the same goal, you don't really feel that sense of achievement either. So again, the work was getting done, but not in a way that really served our clients or our people as well as it could have, which is why we shifted away from that.
0: Even though we tried to keep things in the pod, so if this is your account and this is who works on it with you, we had certain people that had specific expertise. So Mm -hmm. like Andy, for example, is really our our HubSpot guy that he knows how to troubleshoot things in HubSpot. And so if somebody in a different pod had HubSpot questions, he would still get pulled into it. So it wasn't really a a clean boundary ever either. So because of that, a lot of things were messy. There was so
2: many exceptions. Yeah. And it made it harder to take on new business too. Because if it was something that was going to be, say, HubSpot heavy and there wasn't a lot of room in Andy's pod, then how do we do that? We just had to think about that every single time we took on a new client Mm -hmm. and how to kind of shuffle, which, again, makes things go slower and not as smooth. And I Mm -hmm. feel like
1: when I started here, it was kind of in that transition period where we were trying to think bigger, what what could we do to better serve our team and our clients, and coming from a background that was very structured, So almost kind of the opposite. It was a little overwhelming and it was kind of harder for me to grasp the client. And especially as a manager, you want to know that client inside and out and backwards. So it was really difficult for me to just kind of jump in and and hit the ground running when I'm bouncing between all these different accounts and doing different things on every single account. So it wasn't short after I started that we actually went through this transition process and formed our MDoc team, which is the three of us. (laughs) Yes. MDOC.
2: <laughs> Did you already right. talk about what that stands for? Did no, I not yet.
1: Oh. Go ahead, unveil it.
2: <laughs> Get ready. Marketing Department Operations Committee.
1: Dun dun. <laughs> MDOC. That is the sexiest acronym I've ever heard. Heck yeah, I can see it a light in the sky.
2: <laughs> we lead by committee essentially and worked through some of these, I'm going to call them growing pains that we have had as an agency and particularly the marketing department. And figured out, well, if we're not, if things aren't working the way that they are now, how can we change? How can we grow? And so that was a big part of like the first task of the MDoc, I think, was figuring out a new structure. And we really kind of just took it from there and now do everything else that needs to be done in said new structure. So we're managing, obviously, all the new clients that are coming in and thinking about people's workloads and making sure that, you know, folks have enough work to do. Clients are, again, well served by the people supporting them. They have the support that they need. And then we also, which I think was a really big step for us, we had been talking about it for a while, but really needed the kick in the pants to implement it. We developed a new onboarding process, mm-hmm. which because of the new structure which we should probably talk about first uh, really really helped everybody get familiar with an account when we took it on Mm -hmm. so i guess we should talk about the structure now and how we actually serve clients (laughs) before we get
1: too far ahead no let's do it i think also too one thing to note like workload is so important and as we're forming these team structures we actually created a new dashboard that allows us to see every single person on our team what accounts they're on, and what their workload looks like. And that helps us, when we take on a new client, form those team structures. So we're not overloading anybody because that's super important. We don't want to overload and overwork our team. So that was a really cool thing that we did. And then, yeah, as far as the structure goes, um, we dedicated – an account team lead to every single client. So they have some person that's going in between every single department. They're fielding client communication, and it just helps the client feel like they have someone to go to. So you have one dedicated account lead, and then you're going to break it down for, depending on what the service is, you'll have a specialty lead, whether that be PPC, SEO, HubSpot, and then you have some marketing team members to support that. So I don't know if you want to highlight on some of the other specifics there, but it's kind of like the basic breakdown of it
0: yeah well one of the things that that really drove the need for having that account lead per project was that more of our clients were becoming agency clients with multiple departments as opposed to marketing team clients so Mm -hmm. when I came in there was only one client that really had touched multiple departments and most of the marketing clients were just doing marketing with us. They weren't necessarily working with the dev team or the creative team or the data team. And so we have a lot more of those clients now that touch the whole agency. And what was happening was we had the person managing their PPC and they weren't necessarily talking to the person managing their website. And so by having this structure in place, that account lead really oversees the client relationship, but across all the departments. So if something's happening on the data side where um, our data team is seeing something in their um, analysis of what's going on, they can alert the account lead and say, I think this is going to affect what we're doing on the dev side, or this might affect what you're testing in PPC. And so that account lead is really the person that ties it all together, because while we're really collaborative as a group, having that step in the process or having that person to go to has become really valuable, because Our people might say, oh, yeah, I got to tell everyone this. But then it's like you might tell two people on the account, forget another person or, you know, something along those lines where there wasn't a really good process to do that. So having that account lead really opened up those lines of communication across across departments and across everything that's happening with the client. We had implemented a little bit ago certain steps and titles and what what those people are responsible for, what a certain title means at the agency. So from coordinator to associate, strategist, manager, you know, what those all entail. But when we look at the team structure, depending on the size of the client, the account lead is not always a manager. And I think that's really important. So if it's a smaller client that has a specific thing that we do, it doesn't have to be somebody at the highest level that is managing that account or being that account lead. And this gives our coordinators and associates and strategists, the opportunity to lead mm-hmm. without having to be a manager or manage other people um, or kind of wait and for that opportunity. It gives them these opportunities at smaller accounts or different size accounts to be able to practice that and flex those muscles. So again,
2: so much more ownership when you have that opportunity. Yeah, and it's valuable too because folks are expo- internally are exposed to all the things that we do as an agency too because there is this structure, this overarching, this bigger picture of visibility that the account lead is able to provide and can see all the moving parts and how they work together. But then everybody internally does too, because before it was like you had a retainer for dev and you had a retainer for marketing and those just kind of existed in a vacuum. But now everybody on both sides of things gets to see what each other are doing and how the work that they're doing impacts each other. And I just think it makes everybody smarter here too thinking about the implications and consequences of things a client might be asking them to do. And it makes it easier to push back as well, too, if they're, if like we could flag something ahead of time, like you asked us to do this, but so-and-so got this direction, maybe we need to align and make sure that the goals are what we think they are because we're hearing different things. So it really it helps give the client a go-to and someone they always know who's working on what and always have a point of contact, but it just helps us work so much better, and more collaboratively internally.
0: So I came from a more creative-driven agency before this, and every client had their account person. And so it may seem counterintuitive if your agency is already set up this way that (laughs) like your client has a go-to person. And in our system, what I think what makes it work really well is that we have these Um, diagrams, and tables can put one up on the screen here, but um, diagrams so the client knows exactly who is on their team, who's responsible for what, and they get to know all of those people. So it doesn't create just one bottleneck of communication, but it does put the onus on that one person to really own that relationship and own all the information and the communication across. But the client knows every single person on that diagram. They know their whole team. They attend calls with their whole team. Those people are still leading sections of their weekly meetings and things like that. So um, it's. It's a little different than just having, like, this is my account rep and I don't know who does the work behind the curtain. Yeah, and that's
1: kind of like the background I came from where it was a very large agency, very structured. And it was a similar structure at a much bigger scale, but typically you have your client service um, account lead, if you will. That's the main point of contact, but they lead every single call they're kind of the face of the results. And then the people working in the background, whether that be PPC, SEO, whatever it is, they don't really say much. They sometimes don't even show up to the meeting. It's really just that account person. And I just feel like it allows our team to have more credibility. But also, like, if you're the one doing the work, you should be the one presenting it. You're the expert on it. You're just wasting hours trying to explain to somebody else who's going to explain it to somebody else. It's just like Mm -hmm. eliminating that middleman. Um, But it's still, like, The account lead kicks off the meetings. They own the work that they're doing. They're going to lead into the next person who's speaking. But not only that, it also allows that account lead to look for those growth opportunities. right? They have that visibility. So not only pushing back, but hey, if it's something that it's a reoccurring ask the client has, let's explore that. We can add that onto the retainer. What do those hours look like? So there's just a lot of benefits to having that account lead for each client now.
2: A lot of our account leads are also, you know, we obviously do the work too, so we understand how things work in general and can speak to it, say if somebody's like out of office. But I think just letting people stepping back and letting people talk about the work that they're doing and giving them that ownership in their area of expertise is just it's a great growth opportunity for them. And it just again serves I'm gonna say this so many times, serves the client better because they know they're talking to the expert. And the person that's doing it and they can feel supported and develop that relationship if they do have a very technical question and just want to go right to that person they know who they are they can do that so how do you think it's going jess i think it's going amazing i like personally i've never been happier i feel like things are actually easier it took us <laughs> yeah, a while to get sure. here to figure out what it was going to look like and really do this but even on our smaller clients or marketing only clients the structure works it works for big and small and i just i don't know i feel like we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from clients to that have just been happy because we were fully transparent. Like, hey, your team isn't changing, but we formalized the structure and here's what it looks like. And we like we were very mm-hmm. honest about that when we rolled it out to existing clients and they've felt the change for sure. I know my clients have said over and over and over again, like, this is just great. I know who to talk to and I know things are going to get done and nothing's going to, things don't slip through the cracks this way. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's always looking out for big and small.
1: And internally too. I think mm-hmm. our teams, they've, they are really happy with the new structure again we already said it but it allows people to own their work yeah. and it also just kind of takes some pressure off of even like strategists i feel like before a lot of our strategists were having to worry about client communication when that's not really their main focus their main focus should be like performance whatever it may be and it allows that account lead to take that off of them so and i think everyone seems happy on both ends of it and that's really all we wanted and so far so good so we're going to keep going forward with it
2: sure i think it's easier for people to bounce ideas off of each other too because there's you might be the lead on seo but you have that account lead who sees all of it and you can have that conversation so it it just again makes the ideas come out faster Mm -hmm. and they're better executed on
0: because of it with all of this our culture really still hasn't changed i think that while it seemed like a major shift and it was a big documentation of (laughs) of the structure and the process and all of these things that are changing i think we've if if not not straight away from our tenants we've really strengthened them this whole we're in it together there's none of that attitude of that's not my account not my problem um or i'm not the one in charge of this everyone on these teams um feels really that ownership of that account, whether yeah. they're the lead or not the lead, because they know their name is on it. They're on that team. They're not hiding behind the client communication person. They are, they're the one responsible for the results too. So it's really given that level of accountability. Mm-hmm. to people and we've always had that as part of our culture but it just reinforces it i think jess thank you for coming on to share that would you like to stay for our favorite segment don't be that girl i would love to stay awesome. i hope i'm not that girl you are not you're but, you, but i was there for this but one. yeah you
2: were, you were here
1: for this one so that's why you have to stay oh that
0: girl was not my friend <laughs> no and it was a guy this story takes us back to last year And one of our longtime clients, eight, nine years that we had been working with them, that Jess had been working with them. The whole time. The whole time. Doing PPC SEO work. We did a little dev work for them. Just a lot of digital stuff for them. But they are a very sales-driven organization, not necessarily marketing-driven. One main marketing person the whole time. Um, Huge
2: global company. Yes. Tiny, tiny marketing team.
0: Yes. And they... Got a, a person that moved into the CMO role from the sales side. And he literally got the job and said, marketing doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and basically fired their PR agency, fired anybody else that was doing marketing in different regions of the world. Fired a lot of their
2: own team. Fired
0: a lot of their own team, kept our contact, and he saved us for I don't know. A couple months. A couple months. He said, You can't cut Cypress North. And so he said, Well, I'll let them basically beg for it, is <laughs> what he did. So, yeah. do you want to talk about what we prepared? No, because
2: <laughs> it took <laughs> Still years. Still having Jess's nightmares life. about it. You no, know, we, so we knew the context of this meeting going into it, but we essentially prepared a beautiful presentation that got into our historic relationship all of the things that we were doing, all of the things that we had been fighting to try to do, all of the things that we would recommend doing, especially knowing that there would be limited marketing dollars and ideas for how to spend what we had and be a lot more strategic. But much, of course, of it was hinged on the fact that marketing and sales do not talk to each other at that organization, nor do they want to. And we had been encouraging that this entire time, and we had been doing our best job with the limited systems that we had in place. But we prepared this amazing presentation. That you worked
1: hours on, by the way. Oh, my gosh.
2: These two helped me so much. And it was like just before I went on vacation, my whole vacation was ruined because I was worried about it. And it was just like a whole (laughs) thing. It's like a storm cloud over your head. (laughs) And we worked so hard on it because we were going to fight for our lives, right? We had this client for a long time and we enjoyed working with them despite the limitations that we had. And we really wanted to keep it because we thought that if we could just do what we wanted to do and... Turn this new person into an advocate that we might actually be able to make even greater changes. So, I wouldn't say that we went in on it like feeling super high, like it was going to go well, but we felt really good about what we prepared and we knew that we gave it our best shot. Yeah. However. However. You, we didn't even get through the whole meeting. We did not get through the entire presentation. Oh, I mean, well, you I'm sweating like now just thinking in. about it. Oh three three my goodness. In.
1: Uh, yeah, no, it was rough. Basically, he said in a nice way that mm. this is cute, but I like, like the quotes
0: that you this did. is cute, nice. yeah <laughs> <This> <laughs> it is, was very
2: cute,
1: yeah, this is cute, but like, it doesn't really matter what you're gonna say because I'm still cutting the budget. yeah,
2: we would have just appreciated the axe versus putting all of yeah. that work into it to be honest like yeah. we're we're all about transparency, and we wouldn't mind getting some back sometimes, yeah, yeah. it yeah. was rough. He yeah.
1: basically said that. He is more interested in just building like relationships, like word of mouth mm-hmm. to gain those sales versus actually market anything. And what was amazing was we had Greg on the call with us. And thank God for that, because I feel like sometimes you're a little hesitant to push back on the client, especially in that type of scenario. But you know, one thing we pride ourselves on at Cypress North is that we want to work with people who want to work with us. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see the value in us, then we're not going to waste our time. And Greg basically said that in so many
2: words. Not only that, but like (laughs) totally had our backs too, which we are big on supporting each other and, you know, Team CN and felt very supported in the the defense that Greg came to Mm -hmm. because he knows we were doing good work and yeah. advocated for us despite how angry he was throughout. That. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so even though um spent grueling hours preparing that presentation just for it to get to get cut short. In the end I think it was a blessing in disguise. And yeah. We were was. able to bring on new business and better opportunities for us. So we're better I ended off up okay, him. yeah. Yeah, we sure are. What, what a roller coaster
2: that was. And you had just started, too. Yeah. We just dragged you into the mud yeah. with us.
1: Like, help! I think it was, like, my third or fourth day, and it was, like, one of my first client meetings, like, being a part of, and Greg just, like, shut this guy down. I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> it was something to behold. Yeah, here think- we are.
0: At the end of the meeting, my favorite was that he said – for a next step standpoint, after he cut us off in the middle, said, I don't want to hear any more because I'm cutting this anyways. He said, well, if you want to put together a proposal and try to keep trying to convince me. No. And we said, "Nope, we're good. One of those instances, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl.
1: Yeah.
0: See ya. Thanks again, Jess, for coming on the Agency Scoop. Thanks as always, again. Any <laughs> again. Anytime. You can come every week, every month. Yeah, Actually, love I'll this. just sit here and
1: yeah, pigeon back and forth. And you guys <laughs> <talk>. <laughs> love it. Love it. <laughs>
0: So check out our social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, you know, let us know if you have any stories that you want to share about clients or anybody else you worked with that you want to
1: yeah we'll throw vet, out there we'll as a cautionary tale. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.